0: Welcome to the first episode of the Early Music Gets the Worm. My name is Amanda Stone. and today I'll be talking to you about chapter 1, which focuses on music in antiquity. In this chapter, we will be discussing the earliest forms of music, from prehistoric music to music from ancient Greece and ancient Rome. When looking at music from prehistoric times, one of the most important places to look is to ancient Mesopotamia. Ancient Mesopotamia is located between the Tigris and Euphrates rivers, which is now known as Iraq and Syria. Our knowledge of music from ancient Mesopotamia was acquired through archaeological digs. One important dig was a dig from the royal tombs at Ur, which was a Sumerian city located in Mesopotamia. In this tomb, lyres and harps were found. These instruments were stringed instruments and gave us insight into the types of instruments used in Mesopotamian music. In ancient Mesopotamia, music was used in many different ways. Some of those main ways include wedding songs, funeral laments, military music, work songs, dance music, tavern music, entertainment for feasts, and religious music. In religious music, music was used in ceremonies addressing gods and goddesses. Although there were so many different types of music, music was still reserved for the elite classes. Those included rulers and priests who had resources to create instruments, and the ability to find people to play those instruments for them. Along with simply creating music, ancient Mesopotamians also wrote down a lot of information about their music. They created lists which included information on performing, tuning of instruments, and improvisation. They also wrote about the idea of musical composition, which they called genres. In 1800 BCE, ancient Mesopotamians began writing down their music. This was one of the earliest forms of music notation. When writing down their music, they created the seven diatonic scales, which were like the seven white key scales on a piano. Although the Mesopotamians did provide us with so much written records of their music, we still don't have enough information to be able to provide a well rounded view of what their music culture was like. However, one civilization that did provide us with a ton of information on their music were the Greeks. In fact, Greek culture was the first culture to ever be able to provide us with enough evidence to construct a well-rounded view of their music. Which is why we're now going to take a look at Greek music and music culture. When taking a look at Greek music, one of the first things you have to look at are the main instruments used. The three main instruments that were used in Greek music were the aulos, lyre, and kithra. The aulos was a wind instrument used in the worship of Dionysius, the god of fertility and wine. The lyre was a stringed instrument, which was associated with Apollo, the god of light, prophecy, learning, and the arts. The third instrument was the the kithara, a stringed instrument used in processions and sacred ceremonies. When looking at how these instruments are used, we see that music was still mainly improvisation or played from memory, and was primarily monophonic, which means it was a single line of music. Next we're going to take a look at some of the most well-known figures of the Greek times. The first two are Plato and Aristotle who were philosophers who wrote on the different concepts of music. Then there's Pythagoras who is the creator of music theory. Next is Ptolemy, an astronomer who believed in harmonia, which is the unification of parts in an orderly whole. He believed that math and music coincided and that there were varying relationships between the two. As an astronomer, Ptolemy believed in the harmony of the spheres. This harmony was the unheard music produced by the revolutions of planets, and this music was created from the distances between the planets. The final important figure from the Greek times is Euripides. Euripides is the first known composer of any music from music history. Now that we know a little about the most important figures from Greek times, we can take a look at some of the main ideals of the Greeks. One of the biggest, biggest factors from Greek times is the idea of ethos. Ethos is your ethical or moral character and your collection of behaviors. Many Greeks believed that music could affect your ethos. Some philosophers who wrote on this were Aristotle and Plato. In Aristotle's Politics, he wrote that music affects your behavior and that music that imitates certain ethos can influence your ethos and change it to be the way the music is stating. Plato wrote in his Republic that you need to learn both a combination of gymnastics, which is physical exercise, and music, so that you aren't unbalanced. Plato endorsed the Dorian and Phrygian harmonia because it fostered virtues of temperance and courage. This goes back to the idea that music that imitates a certain ethos will affect your ethos as well. Plato also hated music with complex scales or mixed or incompatible genres, rhythms, or instruments. He believed that this would negatively influence a person's ethos. However, unlike Plato's very stringent rules Aristotle believed that music could be used not only for education, but for enjoyment. Now that we've taken a look at Greek musical thought, we can now take a look at Greek music theory. Before the Greeks, there was no music theory. It was during this time period that music theory was created by Pythagoras. Unfortunately, none of Pythagoras' works survive. However, we have other works from other figures who wrote on the subject as well. One of those important figures is Aristoxenus, who wrote the harmonic elements. In his works, he defines rhythms as durations of multiple units of a basic unit of time. He states that melodies consist of a series of notes on a single pitch, that an interval is formed between two notes on different pitches, and a scale is a series of three or more notes on differing pitches in ascending or descending order. Along with these three important concepts, two other important concepts are genus and tetrachords. Genus are divided into three genera, diatonic, chromatic, and inharmonic and tetrachords are four notes spanning a perfect fourth. In Greek music theory, a system was created to combine tetrachords. This was known as the greater perfect system. The greater perfect system was comprised of four tetrachords along with an added lower note that completes a two octave span. Now let's take a look at an example of Greek music. The piece we're going to listen to today is called the Epitaph of Scyculos and was composed during the first century CE. Here's an excerpt from this piece. So as I said before, this piece is called the Epitaph This piece uses the Phrygian octave species, covers an octave range, and uses a diatonic melody. This piece illustrates the way that music impacts ethos because its text discusses death. However, it has a fairly lighthearted feel, which is why it was still allowed in Greek times. This piece also illustrates the role of instruments in music as you can see the accompaniment behind the vocals. example, learned about musical thought, ethos, important figures in Greek life, and Greek music theory, you now know all that you need to know about Greek music. So to finish out this podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Romans. Unfortunately, not as much is known about music from Rome as it is from Greece. In Roman music, there are no settings of Latin texts unlike in Greek music. However, there still are many images, tangible instruments, and written descriptions of music. We just have no settings of Latin texts. What we do know about Roman music is that Romans took much of their musical culture from Greek culture. So there's a lot of the same foundational overarching ideas that the Greeks had. However, Roman music had no lasting impact on new music. This contrasts with Greek music as many concepts formed during the times of the Greeks are continued to be used in Western music today. All in all, music of antiquity was the basis for many of the traditions now used in Western music. Thank you for listening to this episode of Early Music Gets the Worm. Good luck studying for your midterms.